Welcome to The Wrap, a Warren Averett podcast for business leaders designed to help you access vital business information and trends when you need it so you can listen, learn, and then get on with your day. Time is tight. That's why our advisors have wrapped up today's most timely topics into a podcast with actionable advice. Now, let's get down to business. Well, good morning. This is Paul Perry here. Uh, Kim, good to have you with us today. Yeah. Glad to be here. In Always sunny Birmingham. Sunny Birmingham, and unlike Atlanta, you don't have any traffic. I know. <laughs> I like that. Got to work in five minutes. <laughs> well, today we're here with uh, Hanny Ackle, one of our partners over the Transaction Advisory Services uh, Group here at Warren Averett. Hanny, welcome. Thanks for having me. No, yeah, we appreciate we're glad it. Glad you're here. This is a fun topic. So I guess today we're talking a little bit about transaction advisory and value creation, as you like to call it, or you've dubbed it over the last couple of years. You know, what are what are some of the things business owners need to think about as they're setting out to, to, to add value to their business from, from a transaction perspective? Maybe they're thinking about selling their business three to five years, maybe 20 years, maybe next year, you know, from a value creation perspective, what are, what are the things they need to focus on? Yeah, I think a business owner should always be thinking about an exit, whether they're selling or they're not selling their business. I think if you operate your business as though you're selling it, it's always going to be operating at its maximum value in theory. And so I think a business owner, you know, business owners get lost in their businesses. And what that means is they spend a lot of time in the daily fires. They get consumed by that and they find themselves, you know, constantly trying to put out those fires, trying to manage every aspect of the business. And what they find is they're not working on the business, they're working in the business, as we like to say. And so uh, too often these guys get so busy with the daily stuff that they lose sight of the strategic thinking that they need to, to be involved in throughout the business cycle. And so what we try to do is try to advise clients on you know two or three major things. One is you know making sure they're working on the business, constantly thinking strategically about where their business is headed, uh, where they can add value, where it needs to pivot. Sometimes your business starts you know five ten years ago doing one thing, and then you know five ten years down the road it needs to be doing something completely different. As technology evolves as well, I think that's created a little bit of a aspect to businesses that you know every business now has te- a technology piece to it. And uh, if you're not on the forefront of technology, then you're probably right. behind the times. Right. And so I think um, from those perspectives, I think that's probably the most important thing that business owners can do. As far as kind of the things that we ask business owners to focus on is their people. You know, it doesn't matter if you sell widgets or you're actually a service-based business. You know, your number one asset is your people. And uh, I think too often business owners believe they need to do everything for the business. They need to be the sales and marketing arm. They need to be the manufacturing guy. They need to be, you know, on the floor out there running the ship, you know, the general manager, if you will. And what they really need to be is, you know, higher level and trying to build a team. And so uh, oftentimes we get into these businesses and we find that the owner has not built a team around them. Mm. And they are everything to this business and they believe that's the most valuable thing. And what they don't realize is when a buyer or a suitor comes to the table, they find that to detract value versus add value. And so that is an eye-opening experience to these business owners that they would have never thought of. And it seems like common sense to those of us that are in this business, but it certainly isn't out in the marketplace. And so we spend a lot of time coaching our, our clients on, hey, you don't need to be everything to this business. Quite frankly, you don't need to be anything to this business. If you're thinking about selling it, you need to transition all your relationships, customers and vendor relationships. You Mm -hmm. need to get those off of you and onto others in your business. Don't be scared 
you know, that if you transition these relationships to someone in your business, then, you know, they will steal your business. At the end of the day, the key is to develop a, you know, well-run machine, right? right? And so it starts with your people, creating a management team around you that can take those relationships, that can take the, you know, anything within the business that has value, delegate all of that off to certain people, not one person, definitely, but two or three or four people within the business that, you know, basically creates the management team. Want to receive a monthly newsletter with wrap topics? Head on over to warrenaverett.com forward slash the wrap and subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. You talked about strategy. Uh, do I need to strategize as an owner by myself? Do I need to pull in people to, to help me strategize? Kind of, I, I obviously, I don't know all aspects from a legal perspective. I mean, am I strategizing by myself or am I, am I bringing others along with me? No, you're definitely bringing others. You know, business owners, you know, feel like they're on an island. I know I was there when I was on the other side of the table. And so I feel like, you know, you're sitting on this island and there's no book that tells you the right or wrong answers. And these decisions need to be made constantly. These big, big questions come mm -hmm. up and you don't know what you're supposed to do. And so having mentors around you is always good. We always advise creating an advisory council. Mm -hmm. And so think about it from the perspective of a board of directors. And so these larger companies have formal boards that they're required to have of three to five people typically um, that are assigned from different businesses around the country. And in our case, we say, you know, these smaller businesses maybe can't afford a true board of directors, maybe don't need a true board of directors, right. but you do need an advisory council. And so we suggest bringing in one, two, three people. We prefer not one. Uh, five's a little much for small businesses. So the happy medium is probably three people. You want them to have industry expertise in your, in your area. Um, and so that's really, really important. So you don't want to go grab the banker up the street that knows nothing about manufacturing. Uh, what you want to do is find those folks that you know, know your business well. Maybe they're retired executives. They're looking for something to do. And you want to bring them, bring them together at least once a month or once a quarter. It uh, just depends on how often your business evolves and how much help you really need. Hmm. But absolutely, I'd bring these folks at least once a quarter, sit down, provide them with your financial package, which we typically help kind of develop that. But develop a financial package, put that together, and then sit down around the table for at least three, four, five hours and talk about business issues, talk about you know financially where your business is, talk about the things that you're dealing with today from a higher level, not the daily fires, but the bigger things of, you know, do we pivot our, our business into technology? Do we, you know, bring in new systems? Do we need to add more management team or more people below? A lot of things that you have to think about strategically. This is the time to think about your business and talk with these folks that have nothing to do with your business, right. but they understand what you do. This is the time to sit around the table and debate those things, what we call whiteboard it. So pull a whiteboard out and just, just throw everything you can think of on that whiteboard. And, you know, a lot of magic comes from that, that session or those sessions. And it's what I've seen a lot, and I'm curious if you've seen this too, Hanny, but um, a lot of times if this is a founder, you know, if this person started the business, it's a difficult conversation to start with them for them to think about letting go, right? To, mm -hmm. For them to imagine how this company would continue without them involved in it. So how do you kind of handle, I know you're brought in to handle the transaction and to handle the business side of things, but how do you venture into the other side, which maybe is a little bit more personal and, and psychological. Yeah. You, you have <laughs> a minor in yeah. psychology to try to yeah. deal with some of this stuff. 
Yeah, I wish I knew that I'd be doing this before. I would have gotten a major <laughs> in psychology. But yes, it's it's tough. I think you have to get them to realize, you know, that this business is more valuable uh, with a team around them, with repeatable processes, which is something we didn't talk about before. But that's you know something that these business owners have to start thinking about, and so they have to they have to be able to view the business without them. Mm. And you know what's interesting is. All too often I get into these discussions about, hey, I'm thinking about exiting my business. No one can run this the way I can. You know, it's just one of those same same question you're asking me, which is, you know, how can this business run without me? It's impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm everything. Well, we talked about that detracting value, right? And you want to maximize your value and you don't want to be working in this business till you're 90 and find that you can't. You can't, you know, extract the value out of it, meaning you can't sell it to anybody because you're everything to it. And so the discussion evolves around that or revolves around that. And that's eventually they realize, hey, if I want to make money off this business, if I truly want to sell it for the highest price possible, if that's the goal, Mm. then, you know, I have to start taking advice from folks that do this all the time. Obviously, you know, it's common sense. If this, if I'm not going to work in this business, you know, in 10 years from today, I expect to sell it. Somebody's got to be able to do something with it. I'm not going to pull the wool over their eyes. And so. getting them to see that there's risk there too, right? I mean, Tremendous. I've had this conversation with a lot of clients, whereas if all of your net worth is tied up in this business, then you have a, that's risky. Mm, you know, you've got to take some chips off the table and while that may be hard for you to imagine someone else running this company... What if there was something that occurred that damaged the ability to sell that company? And what you're saying is there, there's risk in staying too involved as well. And there's that extreme risk. you don't want to be faced with something occurring um, to you or to the business or even outside of the business if you're in an industry. That's right. If you're in an industry that could be affected by something political mm-hmm. or right. from the economy. but that all of a sudden your net worth is significantly impacted because what you thought you were going to be able to sell then now is not worth what you had anticipated. Yeah, a couple of points to that. One, you know, we try to tell business owners, you know, if I've got this hot stock, you know, I'm coming in, it's an unknown stock, but I'm coming in here and telling you about it and you really should buy, you know, uh, you've got, what, a million dollars in the bank? You really should put your entire million dollars in this one stock. You know, what's the answer you get every single time? I don't know that stock. I'm not so sure. Right. Well, I'm not going to do that. And, and basically, we turn the table and say, but that's what you're doing. That's you know, right. if your business is worth a million or 10 million or 100 million, what you don't realize is all of your money is in that one stock. Mm-hmm. And so, diversification is what all financial planners provide. That's their number one like methodology, right. if you will. And the older you get, the less risky your model becomes. If you've ever dealt with planners or have a 401k plan or anything, you have these choices of aggressive versus, you know, moderate risk to very low risk. And at the end of the day, the older you get, the lower you get on that spectrum of Mm -hmm. risk. But unfortunately, business owners don't realize that the older they get and the more invested they are in these businesses and the less likely they are to, you know, find others to do what they do because they've been so ingrained in it, you know, their risk is going up. Right, And so it's very difficult for them to realize that, but that's the way we put it in terms of stock. That's know, a very good think analogy. About it. So for, for a business owner that's that you've dealt with, dealt with hundreds of them, right? So what is that delta between uh, what they think it's worth and what it actually sells for? Is there a common? Oh, yeah. It's, 
it's always ridiculously high. And and when I say ridiculous, I don't mean that to be facetious. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just... 50%? Of, is it 25? I mean, how is many it, actually feel like they're... Bis- it's 100% every time. But what is the delta? So what is the change? So let me ask it again. What it's is, not double. Okay. I, it can be double. Let's put it this way. I've run across business owners that think their business is worth three or four or five times what it truly is. So okay. think about that in terms of if you've got a $10 million business... I've got a business owner who's across the table thinking it's worth fifty, and that's like saying, "Hey, my house that I bought for one hundred fifty thousand is worth, you know, seven hundred thousand." Right. right. That's how big of a delta you're dealing with, and when that's the case, I mean, there's just, I mean, it's very hard to get them back to reality. And unfortunately, it was a point I was going to make before. Unfortunately, sometimes it takes a health scare to get someone mm-hmm. to realize what's happening. So back to your point, Kim, on you know these business owners walk in the door, and how do you get them to realize mm-hmm. like what's going on and how they're going to actually de-risk themselves? Uh, all too often, and this happens very often, you'd be surprised uh, that it's it's a health scare. It's you know either a divorce of some sort mm-hmm. or it's some sort of health scare cancer mm-hmm. or something crept up on the business owner or their loved ones that made them realize that they are are not going to live forever they're not immortal and they must do something and then we're sitting across the table trying to have this discussion well we're we're already halfway down the field with this discussion because now they realize hey I'm everything to this business so before they walked in the door they know I'm everything to this business and I need to figure out how to not be everything to this business because, you know, the value is tied up with me and the doctors gave me six months to live or a year or three or five or, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to live, but I know I have cancer and it's going to get me. So value creation is really trying to shorten that, that Delta, right? So if, if I think it's worth 50, it's actually worth 10 value creation is coming in and determining let's create more value to your business so that it's actually worth 20 or 25. Is that right? Absolutely. It's where are the detractors of value. And so thinking about it from like the people perspective, you know, what are the top things that add value to a business? It's people, you know, do you have the right team in place? Do you have, you know, have you delegated tasks to those people? Do they have you, do you have strategic plan? Hmm. You know, do you have a, a plan that tells you from, you know, year one today, to year five, you know, in five years, are we going to, you know, grow this business in these areas? Are we thinking about recession? Are we thinking about what's happening in the economy? Are we thinking about, you know, hey, there's an election coming up and this is what happens to my business when that happens? You know, thinking through your business across a three or five year spectrum, do you have a plan in place to, you know, deal with all the things that could come up? You know, do you have the right people? Do you have repeatable processes? You know, what adds value to a business is that you have repeatable processes. So think about McDonald's, you know, making you a Big Mac in Tokyo versus, you know, here in Birmingham. At the end of the day, that, that Big Mac tastes the same for mm-hmm. some reason. And it's it's scientific. They have figured out this is how we make this Big Mac here or there. We're going to do it the same way. You're going to get consistency. And I think in this case, developing repeatable processes is the best way one of the best ways to add value to a business. And so we come in there and look at it from these lens, from the buyer's lens, and say, okay, this is where your business has, you know, has room to grow, you know, room to increase value in your business. This is where it's being hurt. And most of the time it's the business owner spends too much time, you know, in the business. And so that's the number one thing we see. But we also see that there's not very many processes mm-hmm. in place. You know, a lot of small businesses just don't spend the time trying to figure out how to create repeatable processes. And so we need to 
come in there and help with that. So yes, I mean, value creation is intended to close that gap best we can and increase the value best we can. All right, so we've talked a lot about you know the reasons why someone should focus on creating value for the company, but what are the best practices that you would share with a business owner as to how to go about that? Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, we talked about you know building your people, you know building your management team. We talked about thinking about your business strategically, not working in the business, but and creating a repeatable, you know, scalable model. Those are kind of the top three best practices. But some other things that you know business owners really should think about that seem like common sense, but all too often they're not really focused on them. You know, are you know keeping good books and records? Obviously, us being accountants are gonna <laughs> gonna suggest that. But I mean, uh, if a if a suitor comes to the table trying to purchase your business, I mean they're 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 basically digging through your books and records. I mean they're looking at your financial results. They're trying to prove that out. They're not gonna just take your word for it. And so you know we see business owners you know not think about their their books and records too often and. You know, they always don't book their, their accounting entries on time and they spend, you know, four or five months not really thinking about it. And then the year end comes and they're busy trying to prepare a tax return. I mean, you basically have to get your books and records in order. Uh, that's where suitors are going to be looking. And so just making sure you have that always up to date is important. Um, one thing that we try to push really hard is, is key performance indicators, KPIs. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that uh, we also don't see business owners spend a lot of time looking at. They think, you know, maybe they'll look at their top-line revenue, and that's all they're really thinking about. But um, and, and in this case, we think, you know, finding top three or five KPIs is important and trying to, you know, find operational metrics that mm-hmm. basically uh, create financial results. That's what you're looking for. So, you know, I always give the example. It's very easy to kind of think about a trucking company. You know, looking at a trucking trucking company, uh, the number one thing that they need to focus on is driver hours, and so driver utilization. Basically, how many hours did this driver, you know, sit behind the wheel of a truck moving on the highway versus how many hours did he have? And that's a fantastic KPI for a trucking company that has nothing to do with financial results. But if you think about it, the more time he's on the road, the more you know revenue this company should make, and the bottom line results will come will follow. So. You know, think about your business from an operational perspective. What are the root causes of, you know, success versus failure? And coming up with those top three or five is where we typically start. And not just creating the KPIs, but actually responding to them. And actually, like... Tracking the data. Tracking the data, but also I have to make decisions and I have to do something different because of the KPI. I need to actually listen to the data, what it's telling me. Oh, it's a phenomenal point because even, like you said, if you're tracking the data and you're you know, three weeks behind on getting the results of that data, then you're three weeks behind having made a decision. And so it's stale information. So having this information in real time is critical. And uh, we try to get our business owners to do this daily. Mm -hmm. You know, basically looking at those top three or top five KPIs on a daily basis to where you're getting the information, you know, in real time and you can make decisions in real time, you know, as to what you need to do, the dials you need to tweak um, to make better results. Well, here on The Wrap, kind of like to close all of our podcasts with just kind of how would you wrap up value creation in 60 seconds, less than 60 seconds for our, for our listeners? What, do you, what is the one, one or two things they need to think about as they finish up listening to this? Yeah, I think it just boils down to it's never too early to start. 
you know, increasing or planning for an exit and increasing the value of your business. You know, if you operate your business as though you're going to exit, uh, naturally it's going to produce the best results for you. And so I think business owners need to just be thinking about their businesses as though they're exiting it, whether they are or they aren't, because you never know when you're going to have to. You know, there's a lot of things that happen to us and we can't predict the future. And so, you know, the one thing you can do is be prepared for, you know, what's going to happen in the future. So I think business owners need to spend some time preparing themselves. Well, thanks so much, Annie, for joining us today. And I think that the listeners learned a lot. Appreciate you being here. Good to see you. Love being here. And that's a wrap. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on your streaming platform. To check out more episodes, subscribe to our podcast series, or make a suggestion for other topics to cover, visit us at warrenaverett.com forward slash the wrap.